When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You looking for an online sports book with fast payouts and an easy-to-use layout? Look no further than MyBookie.ag. Payouts in only two business days, the best customer service out there, the best odds, and even live odds, and a great interface. Go take a look at MyBookie.ag, and once you figure out that it's the best, sign up with promo code WCE100 for a 50% deposit bonus. That's MyBookie.ag. Promo code WCE100. I'm Gary Seegers. Catch me on Twitter at GaryWCE. And I'm Chris Giannini. Follow me at ChrisBGiannini. And this is the Winning Cures Everything podcast from WinningCuresEverything.com. Before we get started, please subscribe to the podcast, share it, and review it. We cannot stress how important those reviews are for iTunes rankings, so help us out. Those of us who love this sport live for nights like this. You are looking live at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. 40. 40 years. How about that? So here is fourth down. Can you believe it? It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson, and he scores on the last play of the game. Are you kidding me? Honey Badger don't care. This is Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything, episode number 166. It is the Tuesday, November 21st, Thanksgiving week edition of the show. Chris, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? I am doing all right. It was a... um, it was not exactly the best weekend of college football. No, sir. No, sir. What? <laughs> I, I want to ask you this. Okay. And, and I understand the logic, and I understand the reasoning, but since one of your teams is involved in this every year, what do you feel about the cupcake at the end of the schedule? Everybody understands the logic and reasoning for cupcakes at the beginning of the schedule. Do you um, understand why people hate it and why it seems a little bit fraudulent and ridiculous? I will say this. So, it, you start out with somebody that, that's pretty good, or at least that you would believe is pretty good, right? Um, then you have a couple of cupcakes here and there, and then you have an entire conference slate. And in Alabama's case, in order to reach the ultimate goal that they're looking for, which is a national championship... You have Auburn, which is a top 10 team. You have Georgia, which is a top 10 team. And then you have the college football playoff, which is two more games against top 10 teams. So 
you need a game of rest and getting people healthy, etc. Because if you're going through a gauntlet of, let's just say they move the Tennessee game into the spot. Then you've got LSU, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Auburn, Georgia, playoff team, playoff team. You see what I mean? Like nobody else yeah, faces a gauntlet other like that. Call, every, oh, that's not true. That's just not, that's just not true. It's not true. Ohio State will face a gauntlet like that. They're playing conference teams. Now, you know I hate this school. So I'm not saying something nice about them to make them feel good, okay? But, but yeah, they get to play Illinois. That's still a conference game. Illinois is no different than Tennessee. They both suck at pretty equal level right now. And they have for the last seven years. So it's not like it's this is new, okay? All right? And they will play all conference games. They will play the game. And then they will play their conference championship game. They do not. They schedule cupcakes just like everybody else has cupcakes. But they all have it at the beginning of the season. And then you get into play. And when you get into play, we play, and that's it. I, I mean, I see where you're coming from on this. Um, I I disagree like part, a little part bit. Part of the golf is part of winning a championship. No, I, part, I, I, I mean, do agree there. If you're, if you're USC, you're not you're not having the exact same conversation that hey, you know. We, we, we played a couple cupcakes early just like everybody else, and then we went through the gauntlet of our schedule. Well, now tell you know? me this, because Nick Saban is a proponent of we need to go to a nine-game schedule and we only need to play Power 5 teams. Like, that's that's I'm, what he I'm, believes. I'm totally happy with it. Hang on. If you want to get to the 16-team conference, uh, the playoff that I want, that I believe is a true playoff. That's what you and I talked about. Yeah. It, everybody. We cut, we cut all – whatever people bitch about – Sorry for, for cursing. Trying to get better about that. <laughs> Had some criticism on there. Whenever, whenever people complain, oh, you can't add more games to the playoff, well, A, every division in football does it but this one. So that's just simply not true. And, B, they play three games a year against high school teams. If you're going to tell me I can't have good football at the end because we got to beat up on some scrubs, then, then I have a problem. I have a problem with that. And if you want to be the best, then then run a gauntlet, Gary. That's I. This is not an Alabama thing because Auburn does the same thing. Clemson and South Carolina do the same thing. So we don't get South Carolina criticism because they're not a national power. But at the end of the day, they they play the in-state rivalries, and I get it. They want to keep all the money in the state and help the smaller schools in their state. I, I understand that. But play them week one. And if you're going to play, see, here's my problem. You make the argument. Well, week one we play a big school for national states. Yes, but week two and three, you play cupcakes just like everybody else. Right. So it doesn't change the fact that you still get cupcake games. We're not telling you to not play cupcakes at all, but you can't play them in November, brother. You just well, can't do it. I'll look at it this way. Uh, the way that it used to go down, let's see. Let me look up the 2010 Alabama schedule, right? So, like, back in the day, um, and it may it may need to go further back than that, but Mississippi State used to be the game before Auburn. Like, that was the game. And back then, it wasn't that big of a deal. But that was back, you know, in 2000, what was it, five, maybe? Um, they had, where you only had to play 11 games a year. So yeah. you had two cupcakes and a real, you know, out-of-conference uh, football game. And then you had an eight-game conference schedule. So your twelfth game was going to be the, you know, the SEC championship game. So for a lot of these, 
you know, it just took the place of a bye week. So, you know, I, I don't know. Here, look, all right, so in 2005, Alabama's November schedule, because everybody had a week off before the uh, SEC championship game. So, like, Thanksgiving for a lot yeah, of teams they, was they off. Used, they, used to have a week, they used to have a week between the regular season and the SEC championship game. I do remember that. Right. So, in this case, um, all right, 2005, Alabama played Utah State on October 29th, then played November 5th at Mississippi State, November 12th played LSU at home, and then November 19th played at Auburn. And then there was an off week. So, there was a chance to, to rest players, to get players healthy and whatnot. The bye week for Alabama that year was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, let's see, October the 8th. So it was right dead in the middle of the season. So in this year, like it, it, the way it has been for the past almost decade, it's always the week before the LSU game, and then you've got LSU, Mississippi State, and then you've got a cupcake thrown in there. And I, I'm not—I don't think that it's great because it's definitely not good television. Um, and it, it didn't used to be set up where everybody across the country did it. You know, like Clemson did this. South Carolina did it. You know, it, like the entire well, SEC. Everybody, everybody today doesn't do it, Gary. Everybody doesn't do it. LSU's not doing it. All, uh, you know, all these no other SEC school played a cupcake. They all played each other except for you and Auburn. And South Carolina and Clemson have some state agreement. But, but their state agreement could easily be done in September. Like, it doesn't yeah. have to be done in November. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I think that some like, people get thing. so... I can't say everybody else is doing it. No other, no other teams do this in November. A lot of teams want to get players healthy before their rivalry game. That's the only reasoning that, behind it that I can come a, up but with. That's, but that's not an option, though. That's, not, that's, that's just part of it, man. I'm underst- I, look, I, like that, I understand. That's part of playing a 12-game season with one bye week. Is you don't you don't get the option to to get healthy before a big rivalry week. You play them with who you got. That's that's how you go through the season. I look at it this way: if if the NCAA forces you to play twelve games, and you already have one big out of conference game, like I don't see any problem with it. You know, just because your cupcake is at the end of the season as opposed to the beginning. Uh, it, honestly, there's more people watching at the beginning of the season than there are at the end. But Which you is, know how much I hate those anyway. Oh, like, I, I want to do away with all. I want to do away with all of them. I want to play a power five only schedule, and I want to make the playoff sixteen teams. And it starts as soon as the conference weeks are over. You got one week to prepare and and play for that first round playoff. And then you'll have two weeks between the next game and two weeks between the last game if you make it to the championship game. Yeah. Yeah. That, I'd, that I'd would be, be a perfect a perfect world for me, and you let every conference champion make it to the playoffs. If you win your conference, you have a chance to win the national title. Yeah. I'd be all right with that. But but we gotta get we gotta get rid of this stuff in November. It doesn't affect my team. Doesn't affect most of the teams, but but I'm just I'm just not a fan of of 
cupcake teams being in November, man. Like, I don't like it at the beginning of the season, but college football doesn't have a preseason, which is why they say we're going to let you do it in the preseason. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's a little – it's a little bit goofy, but let, let's go on and get into anyway, let's get into this week's on. stuff. Um, all right, so there weren't a lot of good games. Let's go on and talk about the hometown team. SMU uh, lost to Memphis, sixty-six to forty-five, which Ooh, was Memphis was good. Yeah, they I mean they put a shellacking on them. There was a there was like an, almost an hour rain delay. It was uh, it was pretty good. Like Memphis definitely showed up. They they win the AAC West. They are. In the championship game against the winner of South Florida and UCF, which we would assume will be UCF. So, in this spot, I mean, Memphis has to win two games. They got to beat East Carolina this weekend, and if they can find a way to beat the winner of that game, um, they will be headed to the Peach Bowl in Atlanta. That's pretty unprecedented for for this pro like this football program, right? Yeah, if they can find a way to to be Central Florida, probably or South Florida, it's it's going to be that's going to be a, a tough road to hoe, though, man. I mean, that's well, we'll tell you easy. this um, because of the way that everything is is set up. If South Florida beats Central Florida, the AAC championship game will be in Memphis. Yeah, we get home field. Yeah, that's right. Would definitely be helpful. <laughs> oh, oh no, that's. That will be a big deal because the Liberty Bowl will be packed out, man. Yes, it, it certainly will. It certainly will. All right, let's uh, let's talk about the big one. Michigan at Wisconsin. Michigan was up 10-7 to with about, what, eight minutes left, maybe six minutes left in the third quarter. Uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin scores. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they put God. the game away. They, uh, they concussed the quarterback, Brandon Peters, who looked okay. He wasn't, you know, world beater. By any means, but, but he was he, good, not great. Yeah, yeah. And, and and the offense looked much more competent with him in there as opposed to John O'Corn. Oh yes, absolutely. No, no doubt on that. So, I, I think Wisconsin is good. Listen, the fact that Wisconsin one of their touchdowns was the first touchdown was a uh, special teams return. Yep. Um. So that was a big deal. That's good. They're really well coached and play on, well on special teams. That is a great defensive front. Yes, that it is. They were still – now, it took to the third quarter for them to do it, but that's the way they are. They beat you down, they wear you down, and they might not blow you out early. But by the fourth quarter, you're exhausted, you're tired, you're bloody, you're sore, you don't want to play anymore. And then that's when they start gashing you for runs. I mean, that's old school Alabama. Oh, yeah, it definitely you know, is. Play, play, good de- play good defense and keep the game close. And by the fourth quarter, you don't want to fight anymore. And we still got fight left in us, and we run away with it. You are entirely right. That's exactly right. what they look like, man. And once they got to the fourth quarter, they did what they wanted, when they wanted, how they wanted. I think this team is good. I, I It would not sh- shock me if Ohio State comes out and beats them bad. They are playing incredibly high level after the uh, Iowa game, but yeah, I, but we'll I would see. like to see what Wisconsin team is running. Well, because a lot of what Ohio State does is is run the football, right? If you look at, let's see, let's look at scoring defense, um, overall defense, total defense, and rushing defense, right? So for scoring defense, Wisconsin is second in the country, allowing 13.1 points per game. That's behind number one Alabama, 
who is allowing 10.2. In total defense, Alabama's given up 244.1 yards per game. Wisconsin is right there behind them, 246.4. That's number two in the country. And then in rushing defense, Wisconsin leads the country in rushing defense. On on the year, they have given up 873 yards in 11 games. That is 79.36 yards per game. That's only 2.68 yards per attempt. That is, they've only given up four rushing touchdowns all year. That also leads the country. I mean, their defense is absolutely 100% legit. And look, all they've got is a game against Minnesota away from from being undefeated. Yeah, they'll they'll absolutely destroy them. Minnesota got beat by 30 against Northwestern this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, it's Maybe it's not going to be bad. It's not going to be pretty. I can I can tell you that. No. So let's let's move on from that. We're trying to make this a quick one today. Uh, Texas A and M at Ole Miss. A and M was down twenty four to twenty one at the half, and they pitched a shutout in the second half, which is not something you expect from Texas A and M in November. They uh they outscore Ole Miss ten to nothing in the second half. They win thirty one to twenty four. Uh, what did you make of this one? Really fun first half. I mean, it really was an exciting football game. Second half, seven points were scored, and it was pretty boring. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Ole Miss could get nothing going on offense. It wasn't like that defensive struggle that we like to watch sometimes and whatever. It it just was weird. Um, Any way someone can save his job. Not a chance. Uh, From everything that I am understanding, uh, he's already done. He's out. Like, it doesn't matter what happens this weekend. It doesn't matter, like, that they beat Ole Miss. None of that matters. He, The relationship there has deteriorated so poorly that so he they, will not be if around. If they beat LSU this week and they win a bowl game real big, like, that, none of that matters. He might not even get to coach the bowl no, game. No, he, he won't be coaching the bowl game. Like, he, he is out. There is a chance that he could end up at UCLA if Chip Kelly does not go there. Um, it, he, he will have plenty of Power 5 opportunities. Uh, I mean, you could see. I mean, you could even see him at Ole Miss, possibly. Like, just depending on what's going on. There's, which we'll get into that maybe tomorrow, because good gracious, there's so much going on now that Tom Mars and an Ole Miss player have filed a suit against the school. Um, just a lot went on over the weekend. We'll we'll dig into that tomorrow. But um, but yeah, no, Kevin Sumlin, no way to save his job right now. He's out. He's he's done. He will be looking for another job, and and he will get another job. Like I have no doubt about that. He he will get another Power Five job. Okay. All right. Let's jump off that. Let's talk about a fun game. Did you watch Navy and Notre Dame? Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. No, we, we. I was definitely on that game. But you know, I had Navy as one of my best bets. Yes, you did. Yes, you did, and you won that one easily. Easily. Yes. Now Navy, what Navy what, was. In that game, what do you make of this? Do you think that this was just a hangover from Notre Dame being beaten, or is it just that difficult to prepare for a triple option team coming off of you know two really big games in a row? Um, man, I, I don't know. I I think Navy is good. Okay, I don't. Even, I'm not even going to say it's a weird triple option thing. I think this Navy team is really good. Uh, they do play up to their opponents and down to their opponents. I've seen that a little bit this year. 
but but they're really well coached and they fight hard, man. They they're not going to give lay down for old, uh, Notre Dame, and and that's the biggest thing is when you're Notre Dame and they're Navy, and this has become a rivalry, man. You're going to get their best every time. Navy yeah. is not going to go in here and think we can't beat these guys. You know, this is just for us to get a little national TV publicity. You know, whatever. No, uh, they. I think every year they think they can win this game. I think they do too. I think they do too. I, I think that Notre Dame shows back up this week against Stanford. We'll get into that uh, for for the next show, but but yeah, I think that this is uh, is it's one of those games that Notre Dame it, really anybody will have trouble beating Navy by more than a couple of scores. Like it's it's almost impossible because of how long Navy can keep the football. So time of possession is is huge in football games, and when you don't have big play. Uh, players or personnel you know it Notre Dame doesn't have a bunch of it they've got a few guys that can that can break some big runs but Notre Dame plays football a lot the same way that Navy does just without the triple option they just run the football so if you can't break one like you you normally cannot do against Navy then it makes for a long football game and close games so um let's jump off that let's uh let's talk about a couple more interesting ones um first off I went two and three in college football gambling this week, you went three and two. Our overall totals right now: I'm twenty nine, twenty eight, and three. You are thirty two, twenty four, and three. You have run away with this thing. So, congrats on that because you are killing it right now. Uh, let's talk about the downpour in Knoxville. LSU thirty, Tennessee ten, and that was a monsoon. I, I don't know that I've seen something more fun to play in uh, in, in a really long time. What, what did you think about it? When they came in after halftime and they kicked the ball off, I mean, it was ridiculous. <laughs> the, even the announcer was like, I don't know where the ball is, and the camera's just kind of wandering around, hoping to see everybody run in a direction, and maybe that's where the ball went. Pretty insane. I do not know uh, if if there was any way to, man, I don't know, um, like delay the game if you know that's going to happen or if it was just one of those things where let them get out there and mix it up. Um, and, and the reason I say that is neither one of these teams really have anything to play for. Um, it doesn't change their schedule. It doesn't really change their season at all if, if LSU loses that game or wins that game, especially if it's craziness. But but let's just say that's a big game and one of these teams is playing you know for a national title. I mean, let's say LSU or Tennessee is undefeated. Do you really want to decide a team's future trying to play in that? When well, I mean, you know basically the radar shows it's only going to be here for like 10, 15 minutes. We're already at halftime. So we just extend halftime another 10 minutes, and then we're clear. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Weather delays I, not, have caused problems all year. You know, Michigan yeah, it, it Michigan State has, has beaten two teams that – under normal circumstances, they probably would not have beaten thanks to the weather. So Penn State and Michigan, I don't know that they would have gotten those wins had had the weather not cooperated and just been nasty and disgusting and, you know, weather delays and all that kind of mess, right? So it, I, I don't, you know, normally that, that evens the playing field, right? So... In this case, like I don't think it would have been a problem to delay it another ten minutes, but at the same time, like man, it, there's nothing really going on here. Like just just kick it off and see what happens. 
And, and like I said, it didn't have that effect. I'm just curious as to what they would have done had one of those teams been in that scenario or that situation. Uh, it was Outside of the weather, we're talking too much about that, and that's my fault, <laughs> it was a fun game. It was an awesome game. Like, it really was cool to watch. And then once the weather cleared up, LSU just kind of did what they've been doing, and Tennessee did what they've been doing, and, and it wasn't a lot of fun at the very end. Um, I will tell you this. Tennessee was pumped for that game. Yeah, they were. For the first for the first two quarters, that's the most fired up they've been for a game all year. All year. They were ready to fight. I remember when the first quarter ended, they were down three to nothing. And it was kind of a rough and tough defensive game at that point. And they were jumping around like it was the fourth quarter, and they were up by three. And they were just getting the whole house fired up. And I was just like, what is going Like, what are they so pumped about? What are they so excited about? Brady Hoke has these guys fired up. Had me a little nervous. Oh, yeah. But at the end of the day, Brady Hoke becomes Brady Hoke, and Tennessee is what they are. And, and that's the way it goes. It just didn't matter. It didn't, it didn't matter. But it was it was fun for three quarters. It was yeah, it a was. really good game. And uh, and he God he got him fired up. I think if they play anybody else in the East, they win that game. I think you're probably right. I think you were probably right. No. Uh, UAB in Florida that did not go the way that we saw it going. Uh, no sir. No, nope. sir. Florida had too much depth. Look, UAB is still a long ways from being able to compete with SEC teams, even weak, not able to score SEC teams. Um, Florida right. looked like they just needed this game. You know, so we we want even the talent. Yeah, we talk about yeah. all the time. You know, sometimes it's not the X's and O's, but it's the Tom and the Joes. That they uh, the talent gap was just different. And Florida said, "Hey, we can't lose these guys. We're better than these guys." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't take coaching. It just we just had to be better than them, and they were. They were a lot better than them. All right, let's uh, let's talk about two more games real quick, and then we'll end it. Uh, Mississippi State and Arkansas. This was my lock of the week. Like I, I and both of us took it. Mississippi State minus eleven and a half, and State was down for the majority of the ball game. I don't know what got They're into not Arkansas. Down for the majority of the ball game, they got outplayed. They got out like they got pushed around. They were out physical. They, I, I don't. I have a hard time judging Mississippi State this year, and I have all year. Because when the games they play great in, they look unbeatable. And the games they play bad in, they look awful. And there's no middle ground with them. I and mean, we talk about some of these teams that are just so bipolar. Like, this is one of them. Okay. You know how I used to always say, and I still do, be great, be terrible, you have to just be entertaining? Well, State's been entertaining. But, but there's a part of it that's like you can be anything in the world but confusing. And you're confusing. Like, I, I don't know what to think of. At first, I think Dan Mullins is going to get a Brinks truck dropped on him by Tennessee because he showed that he could beat Bama with two- and three-star players, and we got four- and five-star players. And if I was the boys in Knoxville, I'd be hitting him in the face with money and, and just saying, tell us when to stop. But then you watch the Arkansas game, and you think, nah, no, nah, we're good. We're good. Well, see, that's, that's part of the thing about having the two- and three-star players, right? It, kids will play over their head when there is a big time emotional spot. Like that—that's the thing. There are there are certain times a year that kids are going to play way over their head. 
they're just going to they, they're going to dominate the line of scrimmage against a the team they shouldn't. They there's just all of that going on, right? Like it, it state got up for for two games this year. It was the LSU game and the Alabama game. And they'll probably get up again for the Ole Miss game and it it's because it's at home. It's all it look Arkansas on the road. Everybody knows Arkansas has been terrible. Uh there's no reason for these kids to get excited about an 11 a.m. game in the rain in Fayetteville. So if they're not excited to play, they're not good enough to overcome not being excited. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess you're right. But if those kids were there last year, which almost all of them were, then they know the ass-whipping that Arkansas put on them in Starville. It doesn't change anything if you see that Arkansas has been god-awful this year. You know, like that. Man, that's they, the thing. But you, it, it, you're, you're you still. You got to come in saying, "I want to whip those boys' butts," because they whipped ours last year, and it wasn't close. I agree. I agree. It, it, it's the difference between college football and the NFL. College football is still eighteen to twenty-two year old kids. Like that's that's just what it is. And so you almost have to expect the unexpected. You know. So let's so all... let's talk about Arkansas for a minute. I know okay. we need to wrap it up, but let's let's talk about Arkansas for a minute. Crazy hypothetical. I don't know if you were in the room when we were talking about this Saturday night. It's strange to think, but I think this is a this is a non-zero chance of happening. Okay, it it might be one or two percent. Let's okay. say Jerry Jones gets booted from the Cowboys. Okay, and he he gets Donald Sterling out, and you can't own the team anymore. Jerry Jones becomes the athletic director of Arkansas in a heartbeat. Correct. Uh, on record, on record, hang on, no, no, no. on record, that's going to happen. And on record, Jerry's going to say this. This is my dream job. This is a guy that owned the Dallas Cowboys during one of the greatest Super Bowl runs of all time, and I think being the athletic director at Arkansas would be his dream job. I think he would have a problem following NCAA rules. <laughs> <laughs> I I think they would have a whole lot of problems there. Because Jerry, I don't no. know. I don't know that it's it's. Uh, I mean, maybe I bet it is. Jerry would hire a team of lawyers. I mean, maybe every lawyer in the country that would be on retainer to make sure they can bend every rule to its possible brink and not break. Would Would he want to do it if he knows that he can't make, like, if he can't really profit off of it? Like, if he's only getting paid like one and a half million a year. From Arkansas, like oh, I think so because I think in this crazy hypothetical world, that's not going to happen. So everybody that's getting pissed off right now, calm down. I get it, but in this world, oh no, Jerry's probably going to get four billion dollars from the Cowboys. Okay, maybe more than that. Yeah, you might right? be right. He, you might be right. So, so I don't, I don't know. While we know Jerry loves to make money, at some point in time, he's he's late seventies, Jerry. That that can't spend all this money no more. Okay, and and he just wants to get in and and make sure that Arkansas is winning before he kicks the bucket. That's right. He wants to win. He would do anything to win a national championship. Remember, remember the hypothetical when Chip Kelly was, or not Chip Kelly? Oh God, I don't even remember his name. The other guy from Oregon that got fired last year. And I talked about if anybody had the money in the pool to pull Nick Saban, it was because Phil Knight is. A, a hundred billionaire and he's older and he's not going to live much longer in the grand scheme of the world. If he really wanted to see his team win a national championship, you come to Nick and say, what do you need? 
Like, what do you want? I mean, would twenty million a year do it? Would thirty million a year do? Because you don't now. You're playing with things that don't matter. I'm going to die, and I have hundreds of billions of dollars. So it doesn't matter what I pay you. I just need my school to win a national championship. Yeah, I mean, and and this is what boosters effectively are, right? They're not looking for a profit. They're looking for the the emotional feeling of my team, like my school, is the best in the country. Like that's all they want. I gotta have a crystal ball. I gotta have a crystal ball in the case, and everybody knows Phil Knight or Jerry Jones got us that. Yeah, I mean, you you got a point. That's his legacy to a place that he loves. Now, understand. Jerry, it's never. But I promise you, the NFL can do without Roger Goodell way before it could do without Jerry Jones. But I, I, I thought, you know what? I bet that he would have more fun being the athletic director of Arkansas. I, I bet he would have no problems keeping the NCAA tied up in legal dealings all the time. Uh, you probably we'll just right. sue the NCAA every other week, and we'll keep them so tied up in red tape they can't investigate crap. <laughs> I love this. If I, I had I love Jerry this Money, if I had Jerry Money, I would be that guy. I'm not kidding you. I would be that guy. I would make it my life's work to tie the NCAA up forever. I had not even thought about this possibility. That's I, I got to admit that I had no idea. That's I that you is might have been in the room. We were joking around about that. No, Maybe I think I think I'd already left. I think I was already gone at that point. Right. But yeah, that's right. that's interesting. Anyway. Uh, That's a fun little hypothetical conversation. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. All right, we'll, we'll close out with this. Uh, my my other bet of the week was Missouri over Vanderbilt. This was never even a ball game. How, how this line was seven and a half, I I just don't understand. Like yeah. and Missouri was up thirty five to nothing at the half. So it is obviously I don't think that um, that Vandy's coach is is out of there at this point, but. He's got a chance to go zero and eight in the SEC because he's got to play in Knoxville this weekend. What what do you make of Vandy's situation? What do you make of Missouri's situation? Well, we've talked about this. You think, and I, and I think I'm buying in a little bit. Uh, Missouri's going in the right direction. They they're poised to be really look a lot better next year. Hopefully, this this winning streak that they've gone on, the scoring fest, that can help recruiting. People can get excited about, hey, man, maybe I might consider playing there, you know. Could I go to an LSU or an Auburn and be a backup, or could I go to Missouri and start and, and have a lot of fun, you know. I mean, I, you know, you don't know. Um, you don't really know what these kids are thinking. You know that they don't want to play for a loser a lot of times. And, yeah, I, I think it'll help a lot. Uh, I think I think the winning streak will help Missouri big picture a lot. I do not think Vanderbilt is one of those schools that's, that's firing coaches, okay, they got spoiled with James Franklin, and James Franklin did something um, unbelievably special at at at, uh, at Vanderbilt. Other than James Franklin, nobody in our lifetime has won. Which I'll turn thirty five in a couple of weeks. Has won at Vanderbilt. So not not I, consistently. I anyway, we oh well, that's what I'm talking about. They made a bowl last year, man. They made a bowl game last year. They're not firing this guy this year. Yeah, this is not happening. What was what was the coach's name? Uh, Bobby Johnson. Is that right? Like Bobby Johnson oh, took them to their first bowl game in in forever, and that was like yeah, back yeah, in the, the ball, um, 
Yeah, that was back in the mid two thousands. He was there what oh two to oh nine, I want to say. Um, and and you know, he had uh, a few winning seasons here and there. Like it, his his first winning season, I think, was the year before he retired. Uh, and they went, I think, seven and six. They won the Music City Bowl. Uh, went four and four in the conference, and then they went like two and ten the next year. So that's right. You know, he he built it up to to something, and you know, and then they brought in James Franklin, and it was just otherworldly. But yeah, I I don't think there's just not much you can do at that school. You know, like no, I well, I think it's probably the worst job somebody... in the SEC. Oh, no, no, no. I don't know that there's any doubt. The ACT score to get in, that you're fighting you're fighting recruiting that everybody else doesn't have to fight. So while some of these schools have really good academics and things like that matter for their athletic department, it doesn't. Okay? You know, Florida is one of the best academic schools in the country. They're probably the best in the state of Florida. Okay? Yeah. But for their athletes, I mean, they got, I don't know, 20,000 students that go there. Maybe 50,000 students that go to Florida. The the 100 that play football, they don't care if they can read or not because they ain't pulling the, the, the academics down. It's too small of a sample size to hurt anything. Vanderbilt doesn't have that issue, and, and, and they don't allow that. So it, it is different. It's very difficult. Now, if you can get – I think Vanderbilt needs to try – if I was Vanderbilt, I would be trying to do – I would look at my program the way Memphis and Arkansas State and Houston in these smaller schools in non-Power 5 conferences that win consistently over the last couple of years do, is, is you just got to keep getting coaches and losing them to, to bigger jobs and getting coaches and being willing to lose them to bigger jobs. And if you can do that, I think you'll never – You'll never win, go undefeated like Memphis could or Central Florida could. But you can go to a bowl game almost every year. And, you know, if you put Scott Frost or Mike Norvell in that job before the jobs they were in, they're a bowl game team every year. Every year. Yeah, no, I agree. Your schedule is a little more difficult, but, you know. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. You only got to win six. You don't have to. You don't have to go undefeated. You don't have to be Scott Frost and win eleven or twelve. You just got to win six. Uh, by the way, speaking of enrollment numbers that you were talking about, uh, yep. 2014 University of Florida was over fifty thousand enrollment. Uh, yep. 2014 for Vanderbilt, twelve thousand six hundred. Okay, it's a so big difference. They, they private not, private school they will versus not public. Allow the that's right. They will not allow the hundred students that. Um, play football to to not be up to the academic standards. So, yeah, the the required ACT score to get into um, to get into Vanderbilt is a thirty two. Yep. Not a whole lot of uh, football players that that are going to be getting a thirty two no, on their ACT. In in, in the best thirty six. Yeah, best is thirty six. So you got to get thirty two out of thirty six. Yeah, a per, a perfect score is thirty six. So that's what we're having right here. And Florida's a tough academic school, too. And I would bet if you looked up Florida's, I bet their ACT score is really high. I bet they have exceptions for football players or and basketball players and baseball players because they're very competitive in all those sports. But 
they would let them in under like a, academic probation, and then they get to take a lot of like study hall like five classes. Um, but you know, it's just a different it's just a different animal. Yeah, the the average ACT score at the University of Florida, from what I'm reading, is uh, is a 27. Yeah, it's pretty high, but I, all those football players are not 27. Well, but notice that says average and not required. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a big required. difference. Oh no, I bet I bet the required is actually pretty low because because they they are still a state school. Yeah, yeah, they're a state school, and I mean in-state tuition is pretty cheap. Uh, it's it's much cheaper to go to Florida than it is to uh, Vanderbilt, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, no, I'm with you. All right, well look, let's uh, let's go on and wrap this thing up. That uh that'll be it for today, and we will be back tomorrow. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. You can follow myself, at GaryWCE. You can follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551 226 9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team or praise us or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899 and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show and until next time, have a good one guys. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes and make sure you leave a review. For every 25 written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and LeBonner's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.